Hey everyone, welcome to the Life and Things podcast. So this has been a wild, wild weekend. Um, first, I want to state that you no, know, this is our, this will be our twentieth episode, which is awesome. So I'm going to start out with the good news. <laughs> um, we now have eight followers, which I'm super grateful for, on Podbean, and ten followers on WordPress. So thank you to the 18 folks who are following us on Podbean and WordPress. I'm so excited that you guys are here and I hope that we build this up a little bit more. Um, We've been on 13 live hours since the beginning. Um, Again, we've done 19 episodes. This is the 20th episode that will be um, put out there. And yeah, I'm just really grateful that this has been going on as long as it has and, and that we're continuing to make episodes that people are listening to, you know, um, I think that nowadays more than ever, we kind of need people who are kind of out there willing to be authentic and true and not be afraid to speak their minds. Um, it's definitely a unique time in our countries, all countries, because it is, even more now than it has ever been before that, you know, there's silencing going on. There is agendas being had and um, lies being told. And we don't even know what all those lies are yet. That's, that's the crazy part. I think that everybody kind of gets a sense that things are not exactly the way they should be. Um, I don't think that anybody or not everybody (laughs) can place their finger on it fully. Um, I'm sure there's some people out there who know a lot more about what's going on than the rest of us common folk do. But, um, for most of us common folk, it's, it's more like a feeling. It's like you sense something bad is happening or things are not quite the way that they should be. And it's like, there's so much stuff going on that it's hard to pinpoint each individual thing and see how it kind of fits in to the whole Um, I know that when I first started having these feelings was, I think it was right after my daughter was born. So that's almost nine years ago now where I started to have the sense that things just, something just was kind of off. Um, it was actually before my daughter was born actually. So probably closer to 10 or 11 years ago. Cause I remember thinking to myself, you know, um, with the way that the world is going. And this is 10 years ago, uh, the way that things are going, I remember telling people, I don't know if I'd ever want to bring a child into the world. I mean, I loved children. I just didn't feel comfortable bringing them into a world that felt this uncertain to me. And at that time, there was so little I even understood about that feeling. Um, With everything going on today, I feel like I know a lot more, but I don't know. Tell me, if you happen to have that same sensation, you know, before the crazy of COVID happened, you know, put it in the comments section, leave me a note. Um, Also, if there's anything that you want to be put out there and, you know, you feel like you'd want me to put it out there, you can always leave us a message at lifeandthingspodcast at gmail.com. So feel free to email me anytime. And I have no problem putting out information, 
um, that you find or have for your area, or if there's even broader information, um, just let me know. So the weird things that I've seen happen over this last weekend start with, and there was a YouTuber that I saw pop this up and it was the first I'd heard of it. Um, there was a crash that occurred in Pennsylvania. And it was a truck that was carrying over, like it was a hundred lab monkeys. They were being carried in this trailer load, being truck towing a trailer load of animals. Anyways, the crash happened and a lot of the monkeys escaped. Now, what's interesting is, is as this thing was kind of like coming out, it's like, okay, all these monkeys escaped following a Friday's collisions. This is this past Friday. Um, Pennsylvania State Police um, had were the ones who were kind of like speaking about this to the news. And they had gone out and at one point had told citizens, like, if you see one of these monkeys, if you see a monkey in general, do not approach it. Don't go near that monkey. Um, and to let people know that the monkey's out there so that the police could come and like, you know, they said, call 911 if they see a monkey. So this collision, a bunch of monkeys went loose. By the end of Saturday, they said there was all but one monkey missing from this thing. And during that, they then started talking about there was a spokeswoman from uh, the CDC who then came out and said that they wanted to be involved. And apparently these monkeys were being transported through Pennsylvania from one lab to another lab, which I thought was kind of wild. And if you think about it, there's like so many movies that come up when you think about monkeys and like the CDC. It's like Outbreak. It's like. Uh, 28 days later, I mean, all of these weird movies where it was like this huge sickness caused by monkeys. Well, anyways, they had one monkey left by Saturday night and by Sunday they found the last monkey. You know, they're not really talking about why these monkeys were technically dangerous. They just said, don't approach them. I know that they noted in one of their articles that three of the monkeys were then euthanized, but they never explained why they were euthanized. They just said that it was humanely done. Um, so, yeah, there were some escaped monkeys from a crash <laughs> in Pennsylvania and the CDC was involved in everything. So that's interesting. So there was that one thing that happened once again, started Friday, ended Sunday, um, that I thought was really quite odd, um, out of all things. Right. Um, and then we've got just this constant food thing going on where people are just Lots and lots of people are again saying, you know, store shelves are empty. They're reporting that not all stores are having the issue and that only certain stores are having the issue. I know that um, in my area, it tends to be places like Walmart. Sam's Club seemed like it was fully stocked, though. Um, Publix, they have outages of certain things. But for the most part, you can still find things there. But the Walmart seemed to be struggling. At least from what I've seen, that's been where most people have been reporting outages is in their Walmarts, as well as Dollar Generals and places like that. But on the 23rd, an article came out and it was by um, WayneDupre.com. And it stated that days after Biden said 
that 89% of store shelves were stocked, that food rationing begins in DC. I'm not sure if food rationing actually has started, but there is talk that the mayor sent out a message to his to the citizens of DC stating that they would like for people to start rationing food on their own. So it's not like a mandatory thing at this point. They're just asking citizens to please start voluntarily rationing food so that there'd be enough to go around. Now, what I find interesting about this, and of course I didn't get this memo, I didn't get the message, I just am reading the article, but I'm not seeing where they sent out informationalists to, you know, and I know this sounds stupid, but how to ration. I don't, I mean, the last time I feel like we've rationed in the United States specifically has been so long ago that I'm not really sure if people would even understand what the method of rationing is minus cutting down the food that they purchase and the food that they intake. But there is a method to this where, you know, you're supposed to figure out how many calories each person in your family needs and all that kind of stuff. So they're just blindly telling people to, to ration food in DC. It's not mandatory at all, at least not that I've heard yet. But I do think that this food shortage with all the different crazy things going on from our own bottlenecks in the United States in our ports, as well as the bottlenecks now in China with them shutting down ports over there, since we get most things from China. Um, <laughs> and then plus we've got our driver shortages. I've just recently heard about a potential um, strike when it comes to the railroad um, staff. So there might be that going on, all of these mandates going on that are making things a little bit tough for certain people who want, you know, body choice and all that. There's just so many things happening at this point. And, you know, eventually it's just going to happen where, you know, we're going to see it and we have been seeing it. The one thing I did note um, at some point is that though we walked into like the Walmart and they were like mostly empty, especially right before that storm, um, you know, we have like two inches of snow, which really isn't much, but you know, we're in the South. Um, but you go into like the Asian stores and they seem to be fully stocked, like no problem going on there, but the prices were really, really inflated. And so we've got that going on. So food rationing, we've got price hikes. Um, and one, one thing that I can note is that I've heard that there are certain companies that are sending notes to their um, customers stating that their supply is going to be um, seeing a bit of an increase in price. So one of those most recent was one of those water filter, I think it's called Berkey. And they sent a note to all of their customers stating that they were going to increase prices of all of their products by up to 30%, which is huge. So one of the people who um, sells Berkey products that I, that I know of stated that, you know, they think that it's, you know, most of their product is made out of some form of stainless steel. So it might be those prices that are going up. But then if you can imagine all the different things that's going to touch, I mean, what, what industries use stainless steel, you know, the food industry, huge, huge in the food industry, because it's considered sanitary designed to use stainless steel. So then we've got more hikes in food products, which we're already seeing because, you know, they're having shortages, more supply, you know, the supply and demand thing, along with the fact that they're having transport issues, 
um, along with the fact that they can't find good people. <laughs> it's just, it's a lot. There's a lot going on and it's all kind of just building up to one massive thing that might be where we end up having to, ah, uh, thank you. Thank you for liking the show. Um, please, if you, if you'd like, if you like the rest of the show, um, go ahead and share it and, um, yeah, I appreciate you. Thank you. Um, so yeah, all of this food rationing is going to end up happening. And the last time that we had food rationing here in the United States, if I'm not mistaken, I kind of looked back and it was like World War II. So that's long before <laughs> most of us have even been alive, you know, I mean, the elderly folks that are now in homes are, you know, were around during that. But, you know, during that time, it was it was unique because, you know, they obviously there was a world war going on, all of the conflict, which might be happening here soon or happening in the world soon. Um, but, yeah, I mean, like it's been so long ago that it's going to be hard, a really hard transition for people. If we are going back into some form of a world war, which, you know, that was the last time we had to food ration, at least not at least to this extent in the United States specifically. Um, and so we're going to have to figure that out again. And I know also back in World War II, they then started those um, victory uh, gardens. They had each person plant their own little mini garden to help sustain food, especially produce type foods in the community. Now, I don't know about you, but I don't think I know many people who even know how to sustain a garden. I think there's one person I know in my neighborhood and, you know, I play around with it, but I'm not going to say I'm any good at it. <laughs> and it takes experience to learn how to, to keep a garden up because every plant is different and there's, you know, nutrients in the soil that need to be put in for certain plants and not for others. You know, there's crop rotation because some plants pull out things in the soil than other things. And then there's all the pests that you have to figure out how to combat. So for people just to suddenly start creating gardens again, it's not going to be a super, super easy thing for everybody just to pick up and do. So just a couple of things that, you know, kind of crossed my mind in this whole thing when I looked back and saw that it was literally that long ago since we had the food ration. Um, yeah, it is. It's really hard. It is really hard. Um, the next thing I want to talk about is the fact that we had that volcanic eruption that happened, um, out by, I think it's Tonga was what, it, what it was called. Um, so a couple of things, a couple of the takeaways for me was that a, it's in the ring of fire. B, we've been seeing a lot of upticks and earthquakes. Heck, we had one here in Northern Georgia, um, in the United States, just a couple, you know, days ago. And that was odd because we don't hardly ever get any type of earthquakes or anything like that in this region. I mean, our West coast is part of the ring of fire, but in the East coast over here, I mean, we don't really have, I mean, we have some seismic activity occasionally, but it's very rare and we don't have any volcanoes really to speak of at least nothing that's, you know, been active now. So there's just a lot going on in that field. And, and then also one thing that I've just recently learned over the last year and a half or so, um, there's some, some YouTubers that are talking about the Cascadian sub subduction zone. And I don't know if you've ever heard of it, 
but apparently it's an area in the ocean right off the west coast right outside of like uh, washington oregon and california that has let me see that has gone off before but it's been so long ago that it's it's like the only place they could find it recorded in history was like in japan and it was so far back there that they just had a few things written about it so the cascadian subduction zone extends from north california to southern british columbia um, from well offshore of western washington and oregon it contains many uh features of okay so it says that Basically, the last time this went off, it caused massive tidal waves, <laughs> like tsunami tidal waves that engulfed basically the entire west coast of the United States. And then also it was big enough event that it actually also caused huge tsunamis over in Japan. So it was a huge event. And it's so long ago that it happened that they think that we're pretty past due for this. So all of the activity going on the West Coast, you know, could set off something with regards to that. And it wouldn't be very pretty. And if you go online and you actually look it up on the West Coast, um, it's interesting to see that, you know, those states, they know that something's happening or something could happen. They understand that the Cascadian subduction zone is there. But they're not really doing a whole lot about it. So they've, <laughs> I think like the biggest thing that they've done is they've built these huge towers near the beach where people probably won't get away from the tsunami if it were to happen. And they've basically stated, okay, everyone's gonna climb up on top of these towers and pray because <laughs> who knows if it's gonna really save them. Um, so, there's the volcanic eruptions with the ring of fire, the earthquakes, and the Cascadian subduction zone. They also think that there's a possibility that the Cascadian could cause um, the big one to go off in California, which wouldn't be pretty either. So there's all of that kind of thing going on, which is interesting, to say the least. And then, of course, we've got the D.C. March. And the D.C. March... is unique to say the least. Um, I would say that from, from what I've seen of it, it was very peaceful, but there was a lot of people who decided to go. I mean, they said, let me see, between 30,000 and 35,000 people attended the protest. It was a peaceful protest in DC, hoping to defeat mandates because there is a lot of mandates going on specifically in DC, but also in other places around the United States and also all over the world. Um, I think, so I think what's interesting to me here is that from the beginning of my life, um, I've always heard things being said like, hey, you know, slowly but surely they're taking away our rights. And, you know, it could be something as simple as, you know, not allowing us to smoke, which who cares if, unless you're a smoker, right? I mean, that's typically the, the mind frame, the 
frame of mind that people take it from, right? They look at it and they're like, well, I'm not a smoker, so eh, who cares? But for the people who are smokers, they're having their rights taken away. And so I remember hearing it multiple times throughout my life, like, well, you know, it might not really affect you now, but, you know, just wait until they take something away that you are, you know, do or find important and then see how you feel about it. So, you know, now we're, we're seeing things kind of go on and go on and they've taken away a lot of different rights. I mean, from the smoker community, I remember that being one of the first things and some of it I agree with, you know, you don't want to be smoking around children and you know, that kind of thing. But they first said no smoking in buildings. Then they said, okay, you can smoke right outside the building. Then they're like, no, you need to be like 10 or 20 feet back. So it's like they're just constantly putting on more and more requirements and passing more and more laws. And there's been a lot of other things that have happened where it's like, you know, these laws are passed. And even though, hello, the dude, Sean, (laughs) there's a lot of other things that have been passed too that have taken away rights from people. And slowly but surely, it just becomes almost to the point where... (laughs) thank you (laughs) that you um you know you're starting to really feel the pressure of society you know i was in a i'm kind of far away from atlanta but i was in a inner city um or in a closer suburb and i just noticed that while walking from store to store people just seem really really miserable it was it was amazing to see the transition from, you know, three years ago to today, where people are barely talking to each other, they don't smile. Um, there might be a few people you might meet where they'll they'll converse with you or whatever, but it's really like uh, just almost like they've lost something big, you know. And I know we all have, whether it be a family member or. A relationship with with family. I mean, I hate to say it, but nowadays people are just families are being broken up over. I hate to say it, but just in my opinion, stupidity because there should be no reason why families should should separate. You know, I don't care if you have a a disagreement on a topic, whether it be political or not political or health wise or whatever. I think everyone should be able to agree to disagree and keep their relationships with their families and their friends. And it shouldn't be this convoluted situation where people are just breaking themselves apart. You know, it's hard to even find community anymore. And it needs, that needs to end. We need to start finding that community again. We're not, we shouldn't be a country divided or a world divided even, you know, I mean, that's, this is why all these mandates are coming through and just tearing people apart. And it doesn't need to be that way. And even though there's a lot of differing thought processes as to why these mandates are important versus why they're not, or, you know, there's just a lot of different opinions and those opinions are fine. I think it's okay to have opinions. That's how we learn as a community. You know, we need to learn how to see things from other people's perspective and somehow that's been lost. It's just been so lost. We've been instead in this, swirling cycle of just degrading each other and saying like, well, if you don't believe what I believe, then I don't like you. And it, it should not be that way. We need to start accepting each other again. 
And I don't care where you're from, what language you speak, um, the tone of your skin. I don't care. We're all human beings. And we need to start acting like we're all human beings again. I remember when I was a kid that, for the most part, I would say that was happening. Especially for my teenage years, you know, I mean, it just, I don't remember there being this big of a division, especially in families. There's so often that you see kids disowning their parents or parents disowning their kids or, you know, husband and wife divorcing because of differing decisions, you know? Um, I don't know. I think there's a better way. There's a better way to live. And I think we need to have understanding. We need to have consideration for other people's feelings and thoughts. And we need to realize we're not always going to agree. And that's okay. So anyways, they had this march in D.C. A lot of speakers spoke. And basically, the gist of it is that they don't want people's rights being taken away. They don't want people's right to decide what is right for them. Um, and I've mentioned this before in other episodes that that has been happening for decades now, where the right of the individual has been taken away to some, some, in some way, shape, or form. So, for example, um, and this mostly started with the whole talk on insurance companies. You know, back in the day, you could have a conversation with your physician and decide, hey, this is your health situation, and this is what we need to do about it. And the doctor and the patient would discuss, make a decision on what the plan is, and they could go forward with that plan. From when I was a kid, that's how it was. And doctors could do anything from surgeries to delivering babies to just family medicine, where they just give people ear, eye, nose exams, you know, and then all of a sudden it ended because insurance companies started to be a thing that every doctor had to have. They had to have insurance for every form of practice. They differentiated the practices too. Like if you wanted family medicine, you had to have insurance for family medicine. If you wanted to do surgeries, you had to have um, insurance for surgeries. And it became almost so costly that they couldn't afford all the different insurances to keep up their practice as is. So they had to choose what part of their practice they wanted to continue. And then from there, of course, then the schools got involved and they're like, okay, well, we will, now that doctors can't afford all those insurances, we'll start breaking apart and saying, you can practice this kind of medicine. You have to go to this education for that. If you want to study this type of medicine, you have to go to this education for that. And so then you had to take many different offshoots of things if you wanted to even change careers as a doctor. And really, this is in any industry, honestly. So now doctors can only choose one because, you know, you can't really afford education over all of them. And then you can't insure and you can't afford the insurance. And so then with that, there was um, a lot of things that had transitioned. Hello. <laughs> Um, in that as well, where doctors now couldn't afford the insurance, even if they wanted to. And so in order to make the money that they were initially, they either had to up their prices or they had to, um, work for a hospital. They couldn't have their own practice. 
So what transitioned there was that now insurance companies are like, ooh, now the doctors are becoming way too expensive. So let's offer insurance to everyone so that we can, they pay us and then we pay the doctor. And so that whole thing trans transpired and now everybody needed insurance. Now at the time, like when I first started in the workforce, it was very, very, um, financially suitable. <laughs> yeah. Pickpocket you while you're in surgery. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. I mean, when you go into surgery, they have to charge you for the surgery, for the room, for the anesthesiologist. I mean, there's just so many bills that are in, involved in that. And each one of those you need to have insurance for and the insurance has to cover that. So when I first got out there in the workforce, my insurance literally was like $25 per pay period. So that was every two weeks. And my copay was $10. So freaking affordable. I wasn't making much. I was making like 32,000 a year right out of college. So it's not like I was making a whole lot of money. But like it was good enough, right? I mean, I could go and get anything done I needed and it was good. I could afford it. Fast forward a few years, <laughs> and it was literally only a few years when um, the new Obamacare came out and all of a sudden all of these new man uh, regulations were, were being unrolled and hospitals had to jack up their prices, insurance companies jacked up their prices, you know. Who ends up taking the hit? It's always going to be the people. <laughs> so my insurance went from an individual only having to pay $28 per pay period every two weeks to for an individual paying $124. I mean, that was a huge hike in price. And then on top of that, now your copay went from like $10 to like $15 to $20. Now it's $30. And in some cases, you might have a $40 or $50 copay if it's a specialist because they decide to differentiate those two things. And it is just absurd. It's just absurd. And you almost can't afford the insurance at all now, unless you're with an employer. So on your own, it's like thousands of dollars a month that you're paying just as, you know, just for the premium of the insurance. So, I mean, that's just one instance of where it's kind of like our rights are being taken away. I mean, our rights to affordable healthcare and having doctors make decisions because those insurance companies then not only did they have power over the money, but then they could just tell a doctor like, nope, we're not going to let you prescribe that because we don't think you need it. You have to prove it. So now not only can doctors not affordably have patients who can afford them without the insurance, but now they also have to convene with the insurance company who knows nothing about medicine in order to get a patient the treatment that they need. So it's just, it's astronomical what has transpired in this country. And it's over such a short period of time. That's <laughs> what blows my mind. I mean, I'm not, in my opinion, that old. And yet in my lifetime, I've seen it go from, from being super affordable to go to a doctor without having insurance to now being barely being able to afford a doctor, even with insurance, you know, I mean, and most people are not, not living like Kings making six figures, you know, 
between two fa- two family members working in a household nowadays, they're still barely making 50000 for majority of people. And there are, of course, some people who are making, you know, the $90,000 or whatever with their spouse. Some are over six figures with their spouses. But, you know, you got to remember that back when my grandparents were around, you know, and they were raising families, they had one income. They had one income and they afforded all of it. Food, housing, and I mean, healthcare <laughs> without insurance. They afforded all of it. And it's not, it's not happening. Hey, mama bear. Welcome. And hey, mister, welcome. So yeah, it's not, we're not living in an affordable world. So these marches that are going out, um, the marches that they're having for the, the mandates and all that, I mean, though we might not fully agree on why, these, these marches are going out there, you know, because you might believe that those, you know, that you might think that fully that your, you know, the, the jab is necessary. You might think that it's not, you may think that doctors need, um, to push certain things and others may not. Either way, no matter what way you look at it, though, you have to look at it from the rights of the people. Are the rights of the people being taken down at all? Um, especially here in the United States, we, that's what we've been created in. That's what our country was created. And all of our our constitution, all of that was thought up on the, on the prospect of being free. So if those freedoms start getting taken away, it's a lot easier to lose them than it is to get them back. And we've seen that throughout history. We've slowly but surely been losing one right after another. And they've made movies about this too. It's always interesting how, you know, you'll see things happening and then you see movies that kind of depicted it. That they put out back in like the early nineties, you know, like demolition man, where <laughs> suddenly Taco Bell is the only place where you can go to eat and they're serving you only healthy things that they've depicted as healthy. So it's, it's interesting. These, I think that the marches are necessary as long as they're peaceful and people should have the right to voice their opinion, no matter what their opinion is. Um, and that's my stance on it. I do think that we need to take everybody's ideas, thoughts, and opinions into account when we're making our own decisions too, because everybody's going to see things from a different perspective. And those perspectives are so important because they might show you something that you yourself didn't quite see at first. And after all, the biggest part of freedom is being able to speak your truth, right? Whatever that truth may be. So feel free to listen to people and give them the opportunity. And so that's what I have. And if you guys, I know some of you missed this, but um, it would be interesting if you guys uh, have not heard about the lab monkeys that escaped in Pennsylvania in transit from one lab to another <laughs> in Pennsylvania. The CDC was involved. Um, they did find all the monkeys, but it took from Friday to, mon- to Sunday for them to find all the monkeys. There was 100 monkeys total in the truck 
when the truck crashed. Yeah, you should look it up. It's interesting. I mean, the CDC was involved. They're like, oh, don't, <laughs> don't, don't attempt to go near those monkeys. Um, so, and the first thing that popped in my head was, you know, there's a couple movies that depicted some scenario similar, you know, like Outbreak, <laughs> Outbreak in the 90s. And then uh, 28 Days Later started with a monkey too that escaped. Yeah. And so that's, <laughs> yeah. And then uh, if you weren't here for the food rationing, DC um, mayor has asked for voluntary rationing of food from the citizens of Washington, DC. So that's another interesting one to keep your eye on. Hey, have you guys noticed any of the food shortages in any of the stores near you? Yeah, I know. It's, it's amazing. So your stores, have they seen any, any shortages going on recently? Anything no, super noticeable? What state are you guys in? Mama Bear, what state are you in? I'm in Georgia. Canada. Yeah. Canada is going to be seeing some really rough things coming up pretty quick. So you're in Virginia. How close to DC are you at? Are you at? Huh. Yeah, the prices of food is going to definitely skyrocket even more. Um, you're only 20 minutes out of D.C. So you haven't heard this from the mayor? Because the mayor of D.C., from what I heard... Now, there's only a few articles I found on it, but I thought it was unique because, you know, normally they don't start posting it and it won't go on to mainstream for a while because they don't normally just kind of speak up the things on mainstream, at least from what I've seen until, you know, long after the smaller news people have broadcasted it. I mean, I remember when COVID first happened here in the United States, it, I mean, we were hearing about it from the small little news people long before the mainstream media, like Fox News and CNN and all them started reporting on it. Yeah, the over, I mean, there's, so I know that there's a lot of suppliers out there that are talking to, um, their customers and letting them know that they're about to see a massive uh, spike in their food processing prices. So um, one of the most recent ones that I heard somebody mention was Berkey. I don't know if you guys heard, have ever heard of Berkey water filters, but they have just recently sent out, yeah, we do need to put our food down or our foot down. They're saying that there's going to be a 30% hike in their product costs going out to the their customers just for Berkey. 
And what's really interesting is that their main, I mean, the main thing that they use for their products is like stainless steel from what I, they were saying. And um, so that means stainless steel is going up. Yeah, it would take a lot of us, a lot of us to finally put our foot down and before I think that it would actually prevent much. You know what I mean? There is a lot more of us than there is them, but we'd have to really get together though for that to work. And I'm not sure we're quite there yet. I know that the farmers are having issues too. You're a truck driver? Is that what you just said? The dude show? Oh, the truck protest. Yes. Um, is that for the mandates that they have for the truck drivers? Because I know they're they were turning away um, United States truckers too for the same thing. Yeah, one thing I can tell you guys is that right now, if you guys have, have or haven't, <laughs> I would start at least to start putting away just some, some food because I think this will probably get way worse before it gets better. No, in fact, you know, there's, I, I just watched, there's this woman um, named Penny Witt. And on my previous show, I attached her website. So if you go back to episode 19, you can get onto her website. And she puts out information with regards to COVID and just some natural treatments that you can take. One of the things she mentioned, though, in one of her um, live casts is that um, there was H1N1 that came out in 2009 and it was like an outbreak or I think it even was probably a pandemic or they were trying to make it one. And they had, by the end of it, um, they, um, sorry, I'm reading your guys' comments. <laughs> they are, they had, about 594,000 deaths. And that's like, just from what I can remember, I don't remember all the small numbers, 594,000 deaths by the end of H1N1 in all of the United States. And that was just United States numbers. But, um, you know, where we are right now with COVID is 600 and, I don't know, 50,000 deaths. So H1N1 though it could have been a big deal, the CDC just decided to stop counting the numbers and transitioned it to just be a regular flu for the flu season. So even though people were still, you know, dying and being hospitalized by it, it wasn't made into such a big deal as this one was. And I'm not saying that people dying is not a big deal because it totally is. I mean, it, it's our regular flu season causes deaths and it stinks. 
and I feel bad for those who, you know, not are unable to survive the flu, but um, I think that there might be far worse consequences to what they've done during this. <laughs> yeah, all the years combined, 650. Yeah, I believe so. I know. And that was another thing that was brought up actually with her show. If I'm not mistaken, she stated something, and I've heard this before, that they, the hospitals get money with regards to the different stages of COVID, right? So when someone comes in, it is big money. I, I've heard it's like if somebody ends up dying from COVID in the hospital, that they get almost a million dollars per death at the end of it because they get money they get bonus money if they test them they get bonus bonus money if they're positive they get bonus money if they're admitted into the hospital they get bonus money if they are treated with um ivermectin i think is what it was they get more bonus money if the person ends up in critical condition yeah and then they and then if they die they get bonus money and then on top of that, they said that they even get bonus money that goes to the um, the coroner who has to, you know, process the body. So it's it's a huge scam, big time. Those hospitals are making millions of dollars, billions probably, but millions just per person. <laughs> you know, it's it's astronomical what they've done. Every crooked human being on earth has come out during this thing and made their money. While the rest of us are, you know, we're either writhing in fear, panic, <laughs> at least at the beginning. And now we're just angry because, you know, all this stuff has gone on for as long as it has. For no, for no good reason. If you guys haven't seen it, um, this was funny. My father sent it to me, which I thought was absolutely hysterical. Um, <laughs> my dad's not exactly the most technologically advanced human being. And he sends me this video about a horse race that was dubbed um, for COVID. Instead, they named each of the horses after something COVID related. And um, I'm going to see if I can't play the clip because it's so funny. Um, I don't have to search his name. There it is. I'm going to see. They're off in the Christmas COVID handicap hurdle. The show is Omicron Lad. Omicron Lad being closely followed by the booster. The booster. Omicron Lad in a bit of an early race here with each other. The booster and Omicron Lad. Antigen test trying to get in there. Antigen test, Omicron lad, the booster. Track and trace trying to get a look in, but he looks to be struggling early doors, I'm afraid. Track and trace. Antigen test on the outside. Here comes HEPA filters. HEPA filters uh, being followed by the booster. Omicron lad, Omicron lad, the booster. Omicron lad not giving an inch to the booster. HEPA filters. Here comes New Year's Eve, absolutely cruising on the outside. 
Everybody talking about this one, New Year's Eve, looking confident and assured. The booster, Omicron lad, HEPA filters, track and trace is knackered, he's gone. New Year's Eve is coming fast. Sudden spike, sudden spike appears out of nowhere. Sudden spike, the big danger. New Year's Eve, the booster plugging away gamely with Omicron lad. New Year's Eve, sudden spike, here comes leave them kids alone. Leave them kids alone. Sudden spike, New Year's Eve, and a late challenge from it's only a cold. It's only a cold. Sudden spike, leave them kids alone. The booster, fourth dose. Nobody saw this one coming. Fourth dose out of nowhere. It's only a cold. Fourth dose. It's only a cold. Leave them kids alone. anyways it's good times <laughs> and you know we're all praying that 2022 would be like such a better year and it seems like it's just it's not there yet you know we're gonna get there eventually i think but i think a lot more things are gonna have to go wrong for everyone to start really waking up to what's going on and yeah i mean i'm hearing i don't know if you guys have ever heard of dr malone um, Dr. Malone is the doctor who actually helped to create and study uh, DNA and mRNA vaccines. He was the one who basically stated that he didn't think that the mRNA vaccine was a great choice just because he could never really quite get it to work, but they were going to use it anyways. So um, he's been mentioning things all throughout. So look up Dr. Malone if you guys are interested. Um, there's a huge cohort of doctors who had gotten together. Dr. Malone was one of them um, all over the, the entire world. There's just been a huge pack of doctors coming together to study this thing as they started using the methodologies that they have been for this, for this virus, um, which, you know, the starts of it seemed awkward. The whole transition into this thing has seemed awkward. And I feel like they've been caught in so many lies that it's amazing that they're even continuing. I mean, I know that um, Fauci, for example, um, he's been caught with his pants down so many times during this thing. And I wonder, you know, who's going to be the people to stand up and finally make this thing end? That's what I'm wondering. Is it going to be some politician who comes out of nowhere and is like, okay, we're going to call this quits. Because it seems like there's been in each country almost, it seems like this has been something that's just been accepted by the politicians who were there. And you start to wonder why, what is the end game? What were they hoping to, and I know tyranny, I know was mentioned um, and that's absolutely true, but what is their end goal? What is it that they're trying to 
get our world to? What is what is their hopes here? And I think that that's something that we're going to have to come to and realize before everybody else comes around and decides that they want to start realizing how nefarious this whole thing has been. I mean, there are, let me see, I I know one person who's committed suicide due to the loneliness. Thank you, Mama Bear. I hope you come back. (laughs) Um, There's been suicides. I've known one person with suicide. Um, Tons of people have lost jobs. I'm one of them. And it just seems like the pressure has just been on this entire time. And very few people have been able to handle it as well. Some some people have. I mean, I'm absolutely astonished at how certain individuals just seem to really just keep their their stuff together. You know, um, I've teetered on the edge a few times. I think that I've come out of it though pretty well. I think homeschooling was definitely trying for me. Um, but I've also learned that you know you can't solely depend on big companies. You know, so I've started to try to find other interests for my incomes. Um, This is not exactly one of them. I've tried right now. I'm writing a book. (laughs) I'm also publishing other smaller books on Amazon. So just some of the things that I've started to do. I did start a this podcast. I've started a website. These are just the things that I was like, you know what? I'm going to do something I want to do for once because I've never really had the time or just even my mind because honestly I was in leadership and I was getting calls around the clock and now suddenly none of that's happening. And it's like, I've got this entire world opening up to me as to things that I can spend my time doing. Of course, I'm still searching for another job, but it's probably not something that I feel is going to sustain me forever just because of what I've seen companies do to their people. So anyways, I will have more coming out this week, probably as I, as I see more things that I want to share. So um, please stay tuned. If you uh, want to follow the show, then you'll at least know when I'm on because I don't come on yet at the exact same time every week or anything. It just depends on when I find information and am able to put it together so I can come on. Um, If there's anything that you liked specifically about today's show, please let me know what that is. If there's other things you'd like for me to look into for you, or if there's things that you've found that you want shared on here, let me know that too. Um, Our, my email address for this is lifeandthingspodcast at gmail.com. So please feel free to send me emails. I I look at it regularly. And until next time, thank you for coming. Um, The Dude Show and Mama Bear Tracy, um, specifically, thank you so much for coming and spending time with me. It was really fun. Um, I'm glad you guys got to hear the the humor (laughs) coming out of that that, uh, fake horse show thing with the Omicron and all that. Um, You got to find humor in it. You just have to. Otherwise, you just go crazy. So... Until next time, thank you so much, and I will talk to you guys later. Have a good one. Bye.